Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. If you recall, we are closer today to a one world government than ever before. Okay? And we know this because if we're being honest, in 2019, everything seemed to be going just like normal. But then something happened in 2020 that just changed everything. And of course, we, we've seen since the global, we call it the global pandemic. Um, we've seen the world get closer and closer, and some people will call it the new world order. Other people, you're going to hear these terms such as build back better. Keep that in mind. Other people are going to say, no, 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 it's called the great reset. These are all terms of a one world government leading into the tribulation. Okay. Right now, we still, and I thank God for Texas. I really do. I thank God because I mean, we are, we are probably one of the more free states in the, in the world. And, and, and anyway, so I, I just thank God because what's going to happen, guys, is all of this is going to happen. And today we're still free to enjoy our lives. But this, guys, this, this build back better, this new world order, this, this great or global reset, this is, this has never happened before. And what none of us realized is that this started actually back in the 60s. A little bit at a time. We, we, we didn't get it because, because if you realize there's a, there's a book out there, how, it says how to eat an elephant and, and it's a business book, but it's how do you eat an elephant is one small bite at a time. And that's exactly what they did to the people. One small bite. And before you know it, here we are. Here we are. Now, that's important. You go, why? Guys, you're going to have to put on your thinking caps tonight, okay? You're going to have to let the Spirit speak to you. Why? Because Revelation 13, okay, we've come to this. It addresses the government of the future. And we're introduced to one of the chief characters of the tribulation period. Okay, you go, who's that? Today we're going to be introduced. Now, we don't know who he is, Santos, but we know he's the Antichrist, okay? Everybody understand he's the Antichrist. This is who we're going to be introduced in Revelation. Where are we? Revelation 13. Why is that important? Here's why. Because once the pandemic hit, once, once we were sitting up here trying to figure out what was going on at 2020, when, when everybody was wearing a mask and then they said, no, 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 get the vaccine. And, and then everybody was like, is the vaccine the mark? And oh my gosh, and what are we doing? And, 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 and oh, I'm going to get it. No, no, I'm not going to get it. No, I don't care. No, we're not in Revelation 13. But we're headed that way. Okay? In Revelation 13, not tonight, we're just going to be introduced to the Antichrist, but in Revelation 13, we're going to see that he is going to bring a mark, a mark of, of, of 666, a, a, this is going to be, and it's going to be mandatory. But what we need to understand is context, okay? You can't just pull a verse out of context and go, okay, let's play with it. We have to see 2020. What, what is before? What is after? We have to understand, okay? So when somebody comes in and goes, hey, is this vaccine the mark of the beast? Because I don't want to get it. It's not the mark of the beast. 
Because we're not, in, we're not halfway through the tribulation and we're not, it's not a mandatory you have to take it or else you will die thing. So we understand that. But we're going to talk about some things tonight. Now, people today, people today, to be honest with you, don't take the idea of the Antichrist seriously. Okay, they're just like, come on, I can barely get through the day, man, I got to make, I just barely make my, I just, I, I, people have relegated him to, uh, I don't know, let's see, an ambiguous example of evil, rather than a literal person who will come in the end times, and we can see that, can't we, Kevin? We can see that, yeah, of course, there's this, there's this evil, right? Because Isaiah says, woe to you who call evil good and good evil. And so we see that happening. We see that big entities, whether it's media or whatever it might be. I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, but anyways, we see that, yeah, I mean, it could be that. There always has been the Antichrist spirit. There always has been. There's always been that Antichrist spirit. But this is, guys... This is a literal person who's going to come at the end times. Now, let me just say this. Jot this down in your notes somewhere. He's probably alive today. He's probably alive today. I don't know if he's a young man. I don't know if he's a middle-aged man, but I know he's probably alive. That's how close we are. That's how close we are. And what I try to do week after week from behind the pulpit is communicate the urgency of coming back to Jesus because if we're living in the days of Noah, it's starting to rain. Now, the ark is still open. The door is still open. We got to come inside. We got to come inside. But it's starting to rain. It's starting to rain. You go, Ben, Ben, I, I've got a question. So, so why, why don't people take this, the Antichrist? Like, why? Well, Hollywood, if you will, has portrayed the Antichrist as the sinister, dark being from whom everyone shies away from. Is that right? In fact, it's quite the opposite. See, the world is going to be very attracted to the Antichrist. You're going to see a mass, I don't want to call it an exodus, but you're going to see a lot of, of a mass hysteria going running to the Antichrist. Why? Because listen to me, he's going to promise, he's going to, be, he's going to promise peace on earth, and he will be able to produce it for a short time. Okay? Now, put on your thinking caps. That's exactly what the world wants. The world wants, okay, let's use some, let's use some terms here. Peace, the world wants peace, okay? Because we're not at peace. We're not at peace. Very quickly, I don't know if you saw, but Vladimir Putin is, Even today, he's looking at the United States like we're very, very weak. Okay? You saw that. Turkey. Now, now here's the thing that I read this week. Okay? Turkey. Iran is going back into the nuclear business. I mean, they always have been, but you understand. I mean, they're like, oh. Now, here's what I learned from Middle Eastern people. Okay? If you go to a meeting, a summit, 
a peace summit of Middle, e- Middle Eastern, and you are nice. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Good to see you. They take that as a sign of weakness. Well, our current administration, and so what do they say? They're gearing up. They're gearing up. Now, what you don't know, what you don't know right now is that as of Sunday, Israel has a new leader, a new administration, one that's very liberal, one that's just, it's, it's just, it's different. Netanyahu is out. And so you go, Ben, what does that mean? It means everything's being set up. Okay? If you've ever played chess, the, the pieces are being put into, into place. Okay? That's what's going on. That's what's happening in our world today. You go, well, Ben, listen, that really bums me out, man, because I want to be married someday. I want to have kids. I want to buy a house. I want to, I want to travel. I want to do so. Listen, heaven is a much better place. I mean, it is. It, 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 listen, it, it is. And Jesus is far better than anything that this world could offer you. I had the privilege, and I call it a privilege. I had the privilege Sunday of going to my next-door neighbor, very next-door neighbor, who was home with hospice. And able to pray with her. And I walked out with Nathalie and I said, you know, Nathalie, it is a privilege that we're invited into people's lives at the most vulnerable moment. Because within the hour after I told her to, it's okay to go home and be with the Lord, she took her final breath on this earth. And I sat there Sunday afternoon, Alex, and I thought, I wonder what she's seen. I wonder what she's seen. I'm going to get off topic here for just a moment because I want you to know how great heaven is. But the story is told as as she was, they call it transitioning. She sat there and she said, she looked at her sister and she said, Oh, Lacey looks beautiful. She's in a white dress. And the sister goes, you saw my Lacey? She said, yes, she's beautiful, and she's in a white dress. Now, what you don't know is Lacey was the four-year-old daughter who had been run over and was in heaven already. And so she saw that. Mike knows a little bit about that. Heaven, guys, heaven is going to be amazing. And if you'll listen long enough, you'll hear how God gives you such encouragement. And if you'll listen for just a moment, you'll feel his spirit going, I've got you. I've never left you. But back in our text, guys, back in our text, the world is wanting peace, and it's not peace. 
The world is wanting what we call normal. Can we get back to normal? You'll hear those words. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people will do whatever it takes to get back to normal. And that's what the Antichrist is going to provide for a short time. We went through a world pandemic. Everything we've never, I've, nobody of us has ever experienced this before. We, we were in their house. We were shut down. We, were, we couldn't, I mean, this, that was weird. You could not go to big lots. You, it was, I mean, everything was just weird. Imagine three and a half years in the tribulation. Imagine three and a half years in the tribulation. They're going to want peace. They're going to want normal. This guy's going to give it to him. This guy's going to, you're going to see how they flock to him. You're going to see how they're going to go through. So this evening, guys, so this evening, let's look a little bit closer to what I call counterfeit oneness. A counterfeit oneness. Why? Because what we need to understand is Satan is a master at counterfeit. In fact, whatever we have that is true, you can be sure that Satan's going to have a counterfeit version of it. Amen? You guys know that. You know that. Okay? You go, well, what do you mean? Well, for instance, we have the real gospel. We have the true gospel. And you go, well, what's that? Man, admit you're a sinner, repent, believe, turn from your sin, and turn to Christ. That's the real gospel. You go, amen. But see, Satan has a counterfeit gospel. You go, what's that? It's called an easy belief system. And he says that you can believe whatever you want, just believe in something. And you'll hear. You'll hear people in the counterfeit gospel say, hey, all roads go to heaven. All road leads to God. No, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. No, 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 no. That's not what I want to believe. I want to believe that all roads, no matter how I follow, is going to get me to heaven. Do you realize I read a statistic today that said 63% of Americans believe no matter what they believe, no matter how they live, they'll go to heaven when they die. 63 out of 100. Oh, I don't care how I live. I'm going to heaven. You're going, wow. See, Satan is behind that, and he tells them, hey, listen, the key is not what you believe in. The key is to be sincere. Live however you want to live, and eventually you'll end up in heaven. Have you heard that before? And with the false gospel comes false hope, right? False hope. 68% of Americans, no, 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 I, I, I just... Going to, I'm just going to believe, I sincerely believe. I believe in sunflowers and rainbows and butterflies. And if I doubt, no, 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 Jesus said, listen, I came with open arms and said, please come. Come to the table, come to the fountain. So the question comes up is, where does this kind of thinking come from? Well, it's based on the counterfeit, on Satan's lie. Listen, in these last days, we're studying, um, basically, Satan is going to create a counterfeit oneness that's going to consist of these three things. You ready? A counterfeit oneness is going to start with the world government system. World government system. Jot that down. That's number one. Okay? Number two, he's going to add in a one world religious system. 
one world religious system, and then three, he's going to add in a one world economic system. Okay? Now, Linda, four years ago, we, 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 we would see it, but we were going, I'm not sure how that's going to go down. But today, it's already heading towards that. A one world government. A one world religious system. Guys, do you realize that when they shut down the churches, it wasn't just because of a virus? Because when they shut down the churches, they realized that they could divide us. And do you realize that even today, June 2021, there are still some churches that aren't open at all? And I, as a matter of fact, today, uh, the Canadian president or Canadian pastor who opened his church was being hauled off by the police officers once again. And I stop and think, Feathers, what would I do? But then on the flip side, I thank God for Governor Abbott because he, he signed something into law today that said the churches will not be shut down ever again. Amen? But you know what? I've already made the, 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 I've already made the promise that we wouldn't be shut down anyway. Because people need church. People need each other. People need to be here in worship. We need this. You've got to be able to come and feel the vibe. You've got to do it. So, the one world government, the one world religious system, and then the economic system, guys, that's going to come, all of which is going to be headed up by this counterfeit Messiah. Now, you remember the economic, and we'll talk about that next week, because that's the mark, but you realize, I mean, there were some crazy things happening. Like, they said, please don't give us change, there's a change shortage. How is there a change shortage? Right? There was actually people said, we don't take cash, just card. What? How did, how did a virus that made, I I get that, but how did we end up, because it's, well see, before they started preparing for a cashless society. The last thing the enemy wants, guys, is for us to preach the Bible verse by verse and look at stuff like this. That's the last thing he wants. But Satan's gonna come in, okay? It's going to be head up with the counterfeit Messiah, the one who's called the Antichrist, guys, or the beast. And so today, we're going to look at six things that will characterize the future reign of the Antichrist. You're going to see some some characteristics, okay? So as we study this chapter, it's divided into three parts. Number one, we're going to see a political system. That's first and foremost. Then we'll see his religious system, okay? And next week in in part three, we'll see um, his monetary system and how that plays in. So... Chapter 13, verse 1, let's talk about his political system. You ready? He says this, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now, the one thing you want to jot down in your Bibles, if you're taking notice, just know this is wickedness. That's what I have in my notes, wickedness. Why? Because first off, here's what I want you to do, guys. Just, just bear with me for just a moment. He says, he notices and he says, he's called it a beast. I saw a beast coming out of the ocean. Now, John sees a beast rising up out of the sea. And the beast that John sees is what? Well, it's, it's not necessarily a beast, but here's what I want you to see. The beast that he sees is his character. 
You go, wait, 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 what do you mean? Okay, this is not what the world will see, but what God sees. Okay? And it's been said that underneath the veneer of reputation is the fabric of character. And this is the character of the beast. It's wickedness. The world's going to go, come on, help me somebody. Oh, what's wrong with you? He's wonderful. He wants, normally wants to save us. Are you kidding me? But what God sees, he goes, no, no, no. Under the veneer of that, oh, he's so wonderful, is the fabric of character. John says, I saw a beast coming out of the sea. Now, the word for beast right here, guys, check this out. It means a wild, venomous beast. That's what it means. You can also write monster. Okay? So we see that the first antichrist political system depicted by the beast rising out of the sea. Now, what you need to understand is John's not looking at the, oh, there's this beast. It's a political system. Maybe one of evilness, maybe one of wickedness, maybe one of fraudulent, I don't know, I don't know. But he does see a beast coming out of the sea. Now, when you and I look at this, we envision, come on, let's be honest, Godzilla versus Rodan, right? Coming out of the sea, that's what you see, because we remember the movies. But John, remember, is using symbolism. And he's using symbols that are familiar to who, guys? To the student of the Bible, especially Old Testament. He's using that. That's exactly it. Okay? So in order for Nero not to, what? Not to deactivate his account or censor, he's saying, I saw, but you know what Nero would, you know what Nero would think about when he saw it? He'd be like, the dude's, he's lost it. Hey, what do you mean a beast coming out of the sea? That's what he would think. And it's almost like if we were going to write, and, and I mean, you guys know this. You know this based on social media. If you write anything political that is not agreed with, well, it's either flagged or you have fact checkers or, hey, you do this again and your account's going to be disabled for, I think they call it Facebook jail for 30 days or something. Anybody ever been in Facebook jail? Nobody here? I know a lot of people have. But this is what, this is what John's writing. He's saying, let me show you symbolism. Okay, to the normal person, to Old Testament students, they'd go, wow, specifically, guys, the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel. See, they would have known this, chapter 7. In fact, if you want a good understanding of the book of Revelation, it's necessary to familiar yourself with the book of Daniel. So, you can turn there, you can read it on the screen, but you need to know this. Daniel chapter 7, let's just read it together, okay? Picking it up in verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions in his head while on his bed. And he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came out from the sea, each one different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. And I watched its wings being plucked off. And it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second like a bear, was raised upon its side. And it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. 
And I said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this, I looked, and there was another, like a leopard. And it had, what, four wings like a bird. This beast also had four heads, and was dominion was given to it. And after this, in the night visions, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, trampling the residue from its, it, with its teeth. It was different from all the beasts that were there before, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up from among them before whom the three of the first horn were plucked out by the roots. And there, this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and the mouth spanking pompous words. This is the word of God in Daniel. So Daniel 7, here's what we learned very quickly, guys. We learned that the beast represented, well, not just beast, jot this down, four world empires. This is what Daniel's saying. I saw four world empires. He says the first was like a lion. We know that was Babylon. Okay, that was Babylon. So he goes, okay, that's what it was. The second beast was a bear, and it actually represented the Medo-Persian Empire that followed the Babylonian Empire, which later was replaced by the leopard. Okay, the leopard is Greece. So now you have, you have Babylon, the Medo-Persians, now you have Greece. Now, this, let me just give you a side note. The third empire known as Greece is often spoke to, what would it, a leopard, okay? But it, the reason why, it was the swiftness. Guess who ran that? Alexander the Great. And he was so swift in conquering the world at that time. You go, wow. The fourth beast, guys, with its ten horns and its seven hands was painted out last and it was in, it identifiable as the revived Roman Empire. Okay? The animals in Daniel's vision represented a succession of world empires. Babylonian, Persia, Macedonia, which is Greece. John sees the same animals, but combined and described in reverse order. Listen. The final world governing empire gathers all the elements. Listen to me and characteristics of all the others and will be more dreadful in power. You go, man, what did you say? When the Antichrist comes in with his political system, he's going to be very powerful. Very powerful. Again, all of these are drawn upon how the Antichrist is going to combine the features of all these prominent empires in the past. You go, you say, Ben, 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 how so? How's he going to do this? Well, think about this. Like the lion-like ferocity of Babylon, he's going to have that. He's going to have the crushing bear-like power of the Medo-Persians. He's going to have the swiftness like the Grecian leopard, and he's going to combine all of that in these last days, guys, in a restored form of the Roman Empire. You go, wow. Wow. It's going to be a political system, a beast like we have never seen before. And thank God we're not going to be here. Right, Sally? Amen. Thank God we're out of here. 
But what the Lord has been trying to do all the time through the book of Revelation is show us, guys, you don't want to be here. This is going to be very, very bad, very bad, very bad. And yet there's churches and pastors and even, oh, I don't, we don't, we don't mess around with Revelation. It's the word of God. It's the unveiling of Jesus, but he's warning us. He's warning us. Then I have a question. You mentioned that in Daniel and in Revelation, something about ten horns. What exactly is that? Well, remember, guys, in our study on Sunday mornings, the ten horns represent ten nations that's going to form this world government, this confederacy that's going to be connected to the beast. And you can go back and listen to that. I gave you what I thought maybe were ten very strong in different areas. Wouldn't it be interesting if we took those ten nations that I gave you and then just cross-referenced them to the four beasts here in the book of Daniel? Wow. We'd have to do some work because we'd have to see, we'd have to see like, like Alexander the Great, we'd have to see all of these things. Now, a lot of people, they think, well, maybe, is this the, is this the EEC, the European Economic Community? Well, right now, the EEC has 15 nations. So it might whittle down to 10. I don't know who it is. I don't know how this confederacy is going to come. But I do know this. John says, I saw a beast coming out. This is going to, this is going to be, this is going to be bad. You go, but Ben, he said he was, um, he was out of the sea. Like, it, like, what does that mean exactly? Well, remember, the sea is often used symbolically in Scripture to speak of the nations. That's how it's always used. Here's a fancy, here's a fancy uh, biblical term. It's called expositional constancy. The way it's used the first time throughout the Scripture is how it's used, and most of the time it's used as nations. Now, let me just give you two schools of thought, okay? I believe, again, it's symbolically of a sea of people. Okay, that's one school of thought. But I have to give you the other one because some people actually believe that the beast will rise out from the Mediterranean Sea, possibly meaning the Antichrist will come from the Mediterranean world. Just a school of thought. Okay, but in order to represent all peoples, he's got to come from the sea. He's got to come from all peoples. He's got to be able to connect, connect with all the people both Gentile and Jew, all around the world, as to win them to hell, if you will. Because next week, we're going to see if you get the mark, you're basically condemning yourself to hell. There's no going back. You're like, wow, wow. So, in any case, guys, the world leader is going to rise up out of the European nations and gain world acceptance and dominance. Okay, let me just say this. Santos, we're not supposed to look for the Antichrist. You understand that? We're supposed to look for Jesus Christ. But keep your eye on the European nations. Just, you see who's, who's a mover, who's a shaker. You'll see. Now, you might see somebody who, um, it's not real popular right now, just a normal leader, if you will. Not, not a whole lot of people are flocking to him, but remember the influence from the enemy, the devil, Satan, and all of a sudden, overnight, he's going to be what? 
the most popular guy in the world. That wouldn't happen. No, no, think about this. Think about this. In Israel, in Israel, Benny Gantz and Netanyahu had four runoff elections to try to build a government. They were headed for a fifth. This new guy, out of nowhere, overnight, boom, and he's in. It makes the world go, like, how did this happen? So I believe that the Antichrist will have that power. Okay, well, Ben, why are you telling the church? Why are you not preaching this on Sunday? Because it's Wednesday. That's how we just how it ended up. I guess I don't know. We're going to see, guys, moving forward, and and, and I wanted to teach uh, Revelation with with current issues in mind, kind of let you know what's going on. But but I remember um, I remember George Bush Senior in his administration a while back, and this kind of one of the buzz buzzwords during. Um, the end of his uh, was something called the New World Order, right? It's, it's sort of there. And um, so, so that sort of faded out. It, eh, people weren't kind of pulling it in. Um, but all of a sudden, guys, this One World Order, um, gosh, about 20 years ago, they unveiled, do you guys remember this? The, the, the U.S. of Europe and the euro dollar. They came out with the euro dollar. And it was the common currency of Europe, and it kind of replaced all the currency of Europe. So they sort of did that. And, and uh, I remember thinking, wow. You got homework tonight, okay? Go on the Internet when you get home and look up the euro dollar. Just look up. Look up. Don't do it now. Don't get, on your, don't, get on, don't get on your phone now. Because it has an image of a woman riding a dragon as its symbol. Just keep that in mind. So what happens? Well, he, this, this political system comes out of the sea, out of the nations, okay, this Antichrist, okay, and he's going to be set up here in the last part of the tribulation. Now, who's the leader? It's none other than the Antichrist, okay? So what's he going to do? Verse 2, it says, Then the beast I saw, which is like a leopard, okay, his feet were like the feet of a bear, his mouth was like... The mouth of a lion, the dragon gave him power, his throne, and great authority. So remember, he's going to have all of the ones before, and he's going to see, he's going to have world dominance. Okay? So the dragon who we identified in chapter 12 as Satan gives power to the beast. So you understand that. Okay? So all of a sudden, this man is going to be, um, possessed with the power and probably Satan himself, the anti-Christ. You go, wow. This man, whoever he is, I believe he's alive today, is going to be energized by Satan himself. Now, earlier we saw a description of the beast. You go, what's that? Well, we see he's the authority of the beast, Okay, we saw the description, we saw the authority. Now, what we know this is this beast is going to have a global, everybody say global, impact. Okay, see, globalism, I don't know if you know this, 
globalism. That's exactly what they want to do. Let me just give you a little story, okay? Every one of our world leaders up, up until this, not the one we have now, but our former world leader, okay, every one of them was known as a globalist, pushing the globalist agenda, okay? Now, globalism actually started back in 1950. It's been coming since 1950, Okay, so many, you go, why? Well, what happened is that then you had someone win the election that they didn't think was going to win the election who was not a globalist but was a, was a nationalist, was America first, still America first. Well, that, threw, that just messed up all of their plans because we're globalists, you see, and we want a one-world government. We want a one-world political system. We want a one-world... You, you understand where I'm going. So that messed them up. So now we've got to do something. We've got to do something. But see, this started, guys, since 1950. And they were pushing. Why? Because they wanted, they, they looked at it and said, okay, we're, there's too many wars. We need to have a global peace. And we see that that's going on today. You see, even education is embracing the ideas of a global community. Even education. That's one. Number two, guys, think about this. The road, here's what they're saying. The roadblock to peace is our borders. So what do we do? The roadblock to peace, so let's, let's open our borders so we can have more what? Economic, cultural, and religion. In other words, uh, am I making any sense to you? Do you see exactly what happened? If we open our borders and we, we basically, if they come in, then here's, here's the thinking. When it comes to globalism, we, we should all get along. Everybody should love everybody. Now, you guys have not been under a rock. You know what's going on. As a matter of fact, today, our beloved governor said, Mm-mm, we're going to continue to build a wall and protect Texas. So, Governor Abbott is going against all what the globalist had in mind all the time. Why? Because, again, here's what's going to happen. The globalist agenda is going to be predominant. Hey, let's, let's open our borders, okay? Because we want all freedom, economic. We want cultural. Bring it in. And we want all religions. Can I get an amen? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And the world, number three, will become more and more chaotic up until the time of the rapture. And the Antichrist will come on the scene and offer peace. So what we shouldn't do is trip when we see things going even worse. When we see, wow, why did that administration do this? Wow, why did that? We should go, okay, this is how it's got to be. As they begin to condition people for what's going to happen next. Well, what's my job? My job is to condition you for what's going to happen next. And have you ready? Have you ready? You see, I know it's a lot of information when you come on Wednesday night. I know it's a lot. It's like, oh, man, I'm, but Pastor Ben, I'm not even going to be here, so why do I need to know that? Well, because, because we need to be praying. We need to be sharing the good news with other people. We need to be living our lives so the gospel is radiant in our lives. We need to be living that way. We don't join in in the dirty jokes at the water cooler. 
We don't live impure lives so people can be confused. Are you a believer or not? We go, no, you understand. I represent Christ. And I want you saved. I'm not going to live that way. I'm going to live holy unto the Lord. Which is, in fact, why Jesus said, repent. Our lives speak gospel volumes, guys. Gospel. Now, let me let you on a little fact. I sometimes could blow it. No, not you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because the other day, I had did some yard work on Saturday, and I threw the yard work in the back of my truck, and I drove around to our trash can, which they're in the alleys. That's what they're there for. Okay? And so I had in my mind, and I said, boy, you know what? I know this is my trash. I don't want any problem from the neighbors. Well, well, the moment I got the truck, then one of the neighbors came out and he says, is that your trash can? <laughs> well, yes, it is. And he's like, well, where do you live? I said, I, I, and you could, I could tell I was getting, you know, getting in the flesh a little bit because I was like, look, I pay taxes. This is my trash. I'm putting trash in my trash. Oh, oh, I live right there. This is my trash. Like, I don't own the trash can, but I, Wow, do you need some help? No, I'm fine. Just then, the neighbor comes out from where the trash can is and is like, which neighbor are you? And I was just like, that's it. I had to, I had to calm, right? You have to calm down. I said, no, I'm your next door. You couldn't recognize. I know I clean up good, but I'm not like. Here's the point, guys. The point is, I could feel some of that in my phone. Tell me, tell me one thing. Tell me. And the Lord's like, you, your life is the gospel. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our lives live the gospel, guys. Our lives live the gospel. Verse 3. And I saw one of his heads, and it had been what, guys? Mortally wounded. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled at the beast. Guys, think about what's going on here. Okay, it says the Antichrist is somehow going to be mortally wounded and miraculously recover. Okay, now I think it suggests that there's going to be this assassination attempt on his life that will, will, will appear to be successful. But somehow he's going to miraculously recover, at which point we see that, that people are going to even marvel more and follow the beast. Why? Now remember, what, who is he? Who is he, Sherry? He's the anti-Christ. So whatever Jesus did, this guy wants to counterfeit. Okay? Now, put on your thinking caps for a second. Put on your thinking caps, okay? So the world is starting to be conditioned to follow. We're rebelling a little bit. No, 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 no. We're not going to... You know, we're not going to take it. We're going to, we, hold on, we have still constitutional rights, and so you have a little bit of pushback. Now, the Christians are gone, but you still have some pushback, unless you see something miraculous. Wow. He has this mortal wound, but he's supposed to be dead. Okay? Now, here's the thing, guys. Because, because we live in a real-time world now, Internet, 
you're going to see that played over and over. Whatever it is, the assassination attempt, crash, however it is going to go down, you're going to see it over and over and think, this guy should have died. You're going to be talking, Kevin, this guy should have died. Look at this. This is, this, that, there's no way he should survive this. And he resurrected. He's alive. What are you going to think? Tell me what you're going to think. Either God is with him or he is God. Oh, we need to follow him. If he says jump, we say how high. If he says take this mark, we better do it. He's God. Or, or Amanda, he really knows God. And God's speaking to him. Do you see, do you see the mindset? You guys see I'm trying to paint the picture. Do you see the mindset how people are going to go based upon the word? And God's telling us this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Now, some people go, well, no, no, Ben, see, that's not, not really, he's not really, that's not, it's more like the, 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 the political system, the revived Roman Empire is going to go down. But see, in, in verse 12, it says, he exercised authority of the first beast in the presence that causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now, the word wound in the Greek is sphazo, and it's used in the same reference as Revelation 5, 6, speaking of the lamb that was slain. It's very personal. It's very personal. So it's a personal resurrection. Whoa, okay. Now, many Bible scholars think, therefore, that this world ruler will have somehow some sort of fake resurrection. He was dead. Maybe they're even going to pronounce it. Call it, bro. Okay, this guy died, you know, 2.36 p.m. We called it. The world goes into mourning. Oh, no, our world leader, this is crazy. What are we going to do now? And at 3.55, he's alive. That is going to trip everybody else who doesn't know the word of God. But let me ask you a question. If you were the enemy of the word of God and you knew this was going to go down and you knew exactly God knows how it was going to go down, what would you do? I'd get rid of the word of God. I'd take it away from you so you don't know. Okay? I'd stop every Christian radio station that preaches the word of God. I would take away every podcast. I would make sure that whoever is left on earth has no idea what's going to happen because I want them to follow me. You're like, wow, wow. The Bible says they're going to marvel at the beast, guys. And then what? Well, look at verse 4. So they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? This is what people's going to do. They're going to be so fascinated with the Antichrist, it's going to turn to worship. It's going to turn to worship. The world at this time is going to worship the dragon who gives the authority to the beast. And in turn, they're going to worship the beast. Now, let me stop you right there. This has been Satan's. This is, this is what he's wanted all along is to be worshipped. And here he's going to get a widespread scale that, is, that he's been craving. Now, it's not just a few handfuls here and there. The whole world to worship him. Can you imagine? There is going to be such a widespread acceptance and allegiance for the Antichrist after this event. He's going to be on every talk show, on everything that you can imagine, 2020, everything, Dateline, whatever it might be, he's going to be on every radio show. What happened? Are you kidding me? Because that's where it's going 
to be. Now, just a side note, just a side note, okay? This is just my opinion. I'm going to stand over here. Let's just say that you tweeted or posted or Instagrammed or Facebook something to which you didn't believe the Antichrist was or this, this man was resurrected or he was dead. Let's just say. What do you think would happen, Feathers? Well, the fact checks say this and this, and you're so. Anytime, so again, remember: in order to get a mass following, you have to get the naysayers out of the picture. Now, you and I, we're gone. We're we're up in heaven. We're having a great time. This is what's happening on earth. This is why we have to warn people: you don't want to be left behind. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. See, Satan wanted worship from the beginning. And many believe the Antichrist will be the incarnation of the devil. And the prefix anti means he could be both against and instead of, basically, the Antichrist instead of Christ. As a matter of fact, Paul, in writing to the Thessalonians, says this. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 and 4 says, Let no one deceive you by any means. For the day will not come unless a falling away comes first. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did you say, Paul? And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself about all that is, that is called God or that is worshipped. So he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. What did Paul say? He says, guys, listen, the day's not going to come unless there's a falling away. Can I have your attention, please? Is there not a falling away? There is. Guys, my brothers and sisters' hearts are getting waxed cold. Oh. My brothers and sisters, people who claim Christianity, are playing with fire. They're not even attending church. They're just going about their daily business. And it breaks my heart because, again, he's saying, listen, there's going to be a falling away. Please don't fall away. Please don't fall away. Because this Antichrist is going to desire worship. And notice the worship he receives. The worship of Satan is eerily going to reflect the worship of God. You go, how so? Well, it mocks God. You go, what do you mean? Remember in the Old Testament, guys, that the Hebrews would give worship. How? By comparing and asking who is like God. That's how they would worship. Well, here we see that he mocks God by saying who is like the beast. Wow. This man, whoever he is, will be the fulfillment of all world religions. A fake resurrection would have him claim he is reincarnated, spirit, Christ's spirit. He would bring together a political system and now a religious system. And he's going to allow them so, so that they would worship him. Do you see how he's going to methodically do this? Politically, wow. Religiously, now I'm... Bro, what happened? Well, I died. And Jesus said, I was supposed to come back. Jesus is in me. Do what I say. Wow. Wow. Well, what's he going to do? Look at verse 5. And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Guys, Verse 5 said he's going to speak great things. He's going to give, have some great ideas. This guy's going to be crazy. He's going to have the, guys, he's going to have the charisma of a JFK. Can you imagine? 
the oral skills of a Winston Churchill, the determination of a Joseph Stalin, the vision of a Karl Marx, the respectability of a Gandhi in the military paranoia of a Douglas MacArthur, and he will also have the charm of a Will Rogers. That's who he's going to be. It's going to be unbelievable. And the world, as we know it, is going to be won over by his charm and his ideas. First, we'll see his promises, and second, we'll see his self-confidence. Verse 6 says, He opened his mouth and blasphemy against God in his name and the tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven. Third, guess what we're going to see? We're going to see his blasphemies. His, entice, his enticing speech is now going to say, Mm-mm. it's going to be against God and his name and against his tabernacle. But by then it'll be too late. Now, I don't think the blasphemies mentioned here are going to be cursings against God. He's not going to be like, curse you, God. But it's going to be a message propagated in the original lie. Do you remember the original lie, guys? Do you remember where Satan told Eve, what? That if she ate of the forbidden fruit, she would become like God? Good. Yes. Okay? It's amazing today how that message is spreading. Hey, if you'll just, you're going to be like God. You're going to be God like you are God. You are little God. You are, I'm not God. No. Indications that Satan is on the move seeking to get his religious system in place. How so? War. That's the, that's the other one. Verse 7, it granted him to make war with the saints and overcome them. And authority was given to him to every tribe, tongue, and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, slain from the foundation of the world. Okay, what do we learn in verse 7, guys? That he's going to make war against the saints. Now, here's what you need to remember. Okay, the saints here are those who come to know Christ during the tribulation. They're called tribulation saints. Now, most will be killed. And if you remember chapter 7 of Revelation, we were taught that those killed were a great multitude which no man could number. There's going to be a lot of people. So, again, the greatest revival is going to come after, but I don't want you guys to be here. There's no reason. So what's he does? He's going to make war with the saints, guys. He's going to make war. Now, what you need to understand is the saints here is not the church. It's not the church. Okay? It's not. These are tribulation saints. And you go, Ben, how do you know? Good question, Mike. That's a good question. Let me tell you why. Matthew 16, if you recall, Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. You remember that? Well, right here in verse 7, it says the Antichrist can overcome them. But see, this is not the church, which is harpazo out of here early on. Early on. Second, the word for saints here, guys, doesn't always refer to the church. Remember, the church is raptured and won't be here. So he's going to overcome them, who? Whose name was not written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, listen, if you've put your faith in Jesus and you've given your life to him, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's a good place for an amen. Revelation 13, 9 says, if anyone hears, let him hear. Verse 9 is a repetition of the letters to the churches, except, what does it say? It doesn't say what the Spirit says to the church. It just says, he who has an ear, let him hear. You're going, oh, 
Okay. Why? Because this is not written to the church. It's not written to the church. It's written to the Jewish people. Where are they going to go? At this point, they're going to realize that he is the Antichrist, and they're going to... Matthew 24. Boom. So let's close. Let's close with these three points, guys. Number one, one point, okay? If you're here today, and your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, chances are you'll see the Antichrist firsthand. And I don't say that to be coy or funny. I, I say that because, listen, you will be left behind and go through the most incredible time of tribulation. And you will have to die for your faith. But see, the gospel or the good news is you don't have to stay. You don't have to stay. All you have to do is receive the one who died for you, Jesus Christ. Put your faith in him. Two, what about the rest of us? I don't want us to spend our time looking for the Antichrist to come. Let's spend our time looking for Jesus Christ. Let's allow him to live in us with full authority. We don't need to look for him. And three, we noted in our last study how Satan knows that his time is short. He's only got three and a half years. So consequently, guess what he's doing? He's stepping up his efforts to deceive and destroy. The shortness of time motivates him to action. You go, well, Ben, how does that affect us? Okay? As we are stirred to a greater love for God, he is stirred to a greater hatred. He's never half-hearted in his efforts. And I wrote in my notes, are we? Are we in ours? In other words, are we anxious to save and tell people about Jesus as he is anxious to destroy? And that's what I want to leave you with, guys. Two important things. Number one, we know that Satan loses. Amen? He loses. And yet his efforts to win are without compromise. One, let your life shine the gospel of Jesus Christ. In everything you do, in everything you say, let the gospel come out. And number two, number two, guys, let the gospel come out. You go, Ben, you just said that. But time is short, and so we've got to share with people we love. Amen. Father, thank you tonight for your word, the truth in your word, God. You're so gracious and loving. Lord, I don't want to be here for any of this, Lord. I love you. I don't want anybody to be here for this. 
So God, on June the 16th in 2021, we repent, God. We acknowledge you. We love you. We look forward to your soon return. Forgive us of our sin, Lord. Forgive us when we've blown it and we get in the flesh or we bow up at somebody or we, we've totally blow it. Forgive us. Today, God, we choose to follow you wholeheartedly, 100%, with all of our lives. We give it to you. Now, more specifically, with every eye closed and every head bowed, is there anyone here that would say, Pastor Ben, um, I'm not right with God today. I don't know if my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but I would want it to be. If you're not sure, if you're really not sure, and you're named, and you have never given your life to God, or, or maybe you, you did it in church one day, but, but you're not sure, things just aren't the same, but you want to, would you, um, would you just do me a favor and lift up your hand? I would love to pray with you and pray for you and say, man, listen, Jesus, if you're watching online, I can't see you, but just lift up your hand. Just say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to surrender today. I I don't want to be left behind. I want my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you would pray something like this, Jesus, I am so sorry for my sin. I believe that you came 2,000 years ago and walked on this earth. You died on the cross for me, but you resurrected I believe all of that. I believe you died for me. And I believe, Lord, that you're coming back. I don't want to be here for this, Lord. I don't want to be here for the tribulation. I'm looking forward to all that you have for me. So come into my heart and be my Lord and, and, and guide me and be my God and walk with me. And be my Savior and be my friend. And Holy Spirit, just, just come in me because I'm going to follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, man, I want to know about it. Shoot me a text, shoot me a, a, a comment or an email, whatever it might be, man. We want to pray for you. We have a Bible, Bible study guide. If you prayed that prayer here, um, just hit me on the way out. Say, Pastor, I prayed that and um, we'll rejoice with you. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.